0: To the show, I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. First off, I'll just let you know we are on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore, and I'll put that information in the show notes. I also do have a personal Instagram and a personal Twitter account that will be in the show notes. We are on every podcasting platform now, so I'd appreciate it if you could leave a review and let us know what you think of the episodes. Since that's out of the way, we'll just get started. On the last episode, uh, we went over freedom of speech and the hypocrisy that I see between um, or inside both of the parties. So Republicans and Democrats, I believe, are both attacking freedom of speech in their own way. And both of the parties on um, either side, you know, the members of them, they keep calling each other out for that. And I agree with both of them. So they should stop attacking freedom of speech. That's why I advocate for trying to get different people in other than from the two parties. So if you're interested in that topic with everything that's going on with uh, freedom of speech, take a listen to the last episode. On this episode, we're going to go over a little bit about our tax system and our welfare system, what I think about it, and how I think that we could change it to make it a lot better. Because like I've said in the past, you know, I'm more for a free market um, rather than something towards socialism or communism, where we would have more of a planned economy and centralized control. But I am also for you know, social programs. So I do have a lot of ideas about what we could do to um, improve the social welfare um, that we do have in our country. So I'll get started with, you know, what got me on this this week, basically. I have a small window cleaning business, like I've mentioned in past episodes. And, you know, I go about my business trying to, uh make my business function. So, I mean, we're like a mildly successful window cleaning business in Southeast Michigan here. And, you know, I've looked into getting, um, government assistance basically because I get emails from the Michigan treasury and other local, uh, institutions here like Michigan works. And I went to a seminar this week and basically, you know, they're offering all sorts of help. And this is for like the Oakland County, Michigan works. There's, uh, I guess, 16 different branches of them in Michigan. And then, you know, there's like, they have all these different resources, like the uh, business resource network. And basically, you know, I tried to get some assistance from them like a year ago, And I couldn't get into any of their programs. Um, None of my employees qualified for their programs, and my business doesn't qualify for their programs either, as far as I can tell. So I haven't been able to get any help from them. But, I mean, I'm not really for getting help from the government like this, but when I'm out here... You know, I'm having to compete with the other businesses, so I'm still looking at what is available. I'm not saying it's wrong to get help if you are a business owner and you're getting government grants or any type of assistance from that. I just think that the assistance shouldn't be for a business. The assistance should be for individuals. So the problem that I have with businesses getting it is that I have direct competitors in my industry, and every business has direct competitors in their industry, So if one business gets help in some way from the government and the other business doesn't, the government is literally choosing to make, you know, the one business's job easier. So I just think that's completely unfair unless the resources are going to be offered to every business. The way that we can analyze, you know, if an individual needs help is a lot different than if a business needs help. So if a business owner is having an issue, you know, I believe they could Personally, go and try to get government assistance, and they can do that through their own person. They don't need to get business help. So, like I've mentioned before, I mean, I'm against government bailouts. You know, as a lot of you probably know, our banking system's having an issue again, and we'll see where it leads. It could be, you know, like the 2008 crash all over again, or maybe it'll get worked out uh, much quicker and it won't be as bad. So, you know, a few banks have gone out of business. The government didn't bail out the banks directly. They bailed out the people who have money in the banks. You know, I don't really have much of an opinion on what's going on there right now. I believe in, like I said, a free market, and these banks shouldn't be bailed out. They shouldn't be helped in any way. Uh, Banking should be one of the easiest forms of business to make money. You literally take people's money and then you get to use it to make more money. So I don't see how they could get any help. But Of course, our government has decided some banks were too big to fail and we keep helping them out. So that's just, you know, one little or one industry that, you know, does get government help. But so basically I got on this because I went to a seminar this week and it went over all these different resources for people. And, you know, I keep I get all these emails and in these classes, too um or like the seminar that Michigan Works put on in the Business Resource Network here they talk about race and ethnicity and gender sexual orientation you know and they have all these ways that you can go about trying to get grants from all these protected classes which i don't really believe in protected classes i believe that all people should be involved in a protected class where all you know individual people and we all have our the same needs, so I don't believe in specifically helping out any race, gender, sexual orientation. I believe in helping people out that are in a certain situation. So, you know, that's why I uh, am going to go over what I think about welfare in this episode, and this one's going to be for you know personal welfare, not as much for businesses, um, but the business stuff did get me um, onto this topic this week because I did go to a seminar, you know, for my business. So um, basically, you know, in this seminar they went over the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, stuff that they were trying to promote. And like I said, I mean, I'm basically against, um, helping out anyone specifically based on their identity. I mean, I don't see the difference between a gay man and a straight man or a black man and a white man. If they need help, then we need to figure out how to help them. That's the important part. Any of these people can be in a good financial situation or a bad financial situation. It's absurd to say that we should help a rich black man and not a poor white man. So basically, like I was saying, you know, our welfare system is trying to gear towards things like that now, which in the past, it wasn't as much. Um, But so we still have these things based on like the poverty line, you know, for welfare and food stamps. And basically, I, I just disagree on, you know, what The uh, standard should be to be able to be in one of these programs. So I basically think we should give the help to anybody that asks for it, no matter what their income is or anything. So what I've been thinking about lately is a plan where, you know, people could get welfare, but you only get it for a certain period of time throughout your entire life or maybe it's you know reevaluated each decade you know you can take one year of welfare for each decade of life or you get you know 5 years of welfare throughout your entire life when you run out of it it's over but so anyone who needs help you know can take that welfare they could take as much as they wanted of it they could take 6 months of it one year of it you know up to the full max if it was 5 years over your entire life you know, you could take that when you're 18 years old, and then once you're 23, it's over. You don't get any more help. So people might say that's irresponsible because then if someone runs out, how are you supposed to help them? Well, everyone knows that they've already gotten that help. That help is there. I mean, if that person's going to choose to be a loser for their entire life, what are you supposed to do? Just leave them on government funding forever? Especially minimal government funding. So, in my plan and my idea, it would be to get way less people on welfare for long periods of time. And welfare, I mean, we have like so many different departments and programs for these things, it's completely absurd. So, you know, I'll just go over a few of them right now. We have food stamps, Section 8 housing, housing allowances, there's cell phone programs to get cell phones there's child tax credits, like there's there's all these endless amounts of programs. You can contact your city, state, county, federal government, trying to get all these different benefits and everything. And I think that they should be merged into one at the federal level, and they should all be merged into one at the state level. And then the benefit would be much greater though. So for this time period, you know, instead of getting $800 of welfare and $200 or $400 of food stamps or whatever, you would get $3,600. This wouldn't be for any specific purpose. It wouldn't be, you know, there's, there's like vehicle programs that the government offers to help people get money for vehicles. There's programs for people to get help with their uh, utility bills. Now, this money would just be for anything. So you would have to learn how to manage your own money. You don't just get money... You know, oh, well, I can't pay the utility, so I get money there. Oh, well, I need food, so I get money there. I need, you know, stuff for my child, so I get money there. No, you get one source of money, and you get it for this certain period of time, and you know that it's there. So your goal during that period of time would have to be to figure out how to survive on your own, not to rely on a system to keep giving this to you forever. So this amount of money you know, like I said, $3,600 or something, this would be a reasonable amount of money to actually be able to live on, to solve your problems. The main problem that I always see with welfare and this welfare, the same thing. One of the biggest problems, like I was just going to mention is getting a job. So if you get a job, then you lose your welfare on this program. You don't lose your welfare. You can collect this welfare as well with a job. Um, You know, whether or not people want to argue whether it gets reduced or something, you know, based on your income, we can have a discussion about that. But my main issue is all these different programs and people are just constantly trying to figure out how to get these programs, you know, instead of getting a job and figuring out how to pay their own bills and make their own way. Because if you can qualify for these benefits, you can get them forever. You can be on these programs forever. I mean, I've known people who are on, you know, food stamps for 10 years plus. They're on it. It's like you don't have to get your life together. You can just stay on these programs. And if you get your life together and you get a job, you lose the benefits. So there's a huge incentive because if you look at a job, you know, let's say you're getting $2,000 in benefits from, you know, all the combined welfare programs that you're using. Okay. So you go and you get a job now you're getting paid $2,400 a month. For 400 extra dollars, are you going to work 160 hours a month? Nobody wants to do that. That's crazy. That money, the extra $400 even, it, you're going to end up spending that in stuff you need to get to your job, You know, gas to get to your job, and you're going to end up losing money or saving less money. So the incentive for the welfare needs to be large enough so that people can take care of themselves in the meantime while they work towards something. So, you know, like I mentioned, five years, this is just a made up number. Who knows what it actually is? And we can debate this, but the way that we have welfare set up right now, you have to go and apply for all of these different programs. If there was just one program that was just called welfare or call it whatever you want, you know, help for Uh, the people who are struggling, all of these organizations could be combined into one. They wouldn't have to analyze, you know, the same person for 12 different things. If you want a cell phone, you got to go get your, you know, ID checked. You have to go and get your income checked. You have to go and see, maybe you fall into one of these, you know, ethnicities that needs help or genders that needs help or, you know, whatever situation qualifies you to get this specific help. You would go to one agency instead of going to go and get cell phone help, food help, housing help. And with each of these departments, you need the same amount of people because they're going to be having all these same people apply for all of these things because the people who need the help and or are willing to get the help because a lot of people need help and they're not willing to apply because they don't feel good about getting welfare. So they won't even apply. But the people who are willing to apply, they are going to apply to as many of these programs as they can, or that they think is necessary for them. So, all of these different departments need people who are going to vet the same person over and over again. Each of those departments, you know, whoever's doing the Section Eight housing and needs help for that, whoever is giving out the food stamps, you know, federally and for the states, they need. Uh, you know workers to go and vet all the people for that they need people to vet the people to get utility assistance they need people to vet the people to get you know the child tax credits and everything like that if it was combined into one you could have one process this would eliminate tons of government workers and that is costs that we are directly paying as the taxpayer um and just imagine how much you know money we can save with our taxes to actually give to the individuals that need the help. Okay, That's what I'm concerned about, is helping the individuals as much as possible into making them productive too. If you're the type of person who thinks that you don't have to be a productive member of society, just think about it where will you get your food where will you get your water where do you get a house okay someone if you have a house or you have food someone had to grow the food and pick the food and create the machinery to you know get the food and they had to build that house you know my house is half brick and half like particle board siding Someone had to lay all of these bricks. They had to wire the electrical cables all through my entire house. So you don't just get a house for nothing. So the welfare programs are there to help people that are in need of help in a you know period of struggle to get them to a better place where society as a whole will benefit from them becoming better and either getting skills at a different job or at least contributing even at an entry-level job, is still contributing to our society. These are necessary jobs that need to be done. So my proposal would be to combine all of these things into one program. Now, we could definitely go into, you know, what we already have, which is like corporate socialism, where corporations are getting subsidies and bailouts and all sorts of credits and benefits. And I also, I would eliminate those completely. I don't understand why the government would need to help a business in a free market. The entire point of the business is to be able to generate products that people want. So it's always based on supply and demand. If the government gives a business money specifically, the supply and demand, you know, chain is broken. So I completely disagree with subsidies and bailouts and just giving, you know, corporate welfare out. So that would get us, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars back, trillions of dollars back um for the other types of programs and or to reduce individuals taxes which is what i prefer the most because taking the money from us in the first place ends up costing us money because the IRS has to pay people just to take your money. So the way that they're going to distribute it it takes programs and tons of departments and people, resources, buildings. And all of that sucks money out of your taxes. It sucks money out of our pockets. So I want to eliminate it as much as possible, but especially for corporations because a corporation's job is literally to you know, generate money. They're, it's the only way that they can exist. So an individual's job, yes, they have to produce money in society in order to live, but that's not really true because we can live in family units people can help each other out corporations aren't people so we don't need to care about them as much when they fail i understand when corporations fail individuals can be harmed but let's say if we didn't give that money to the corporations we we would be able to help those people out much more easily and if our market and if our market actually functioned properly there would be plenty of places for these people to go and get work because we would have just a humming, you know, like business economy going on anyway. So they wouldn't be damaged for long. And if they needed to, because they were out of a job for a little bit, they could go on one of these welfare programs that actually pays you a decent amount. And they don't have to go and spend their time trying to go get food stamps, housing allowances, sign up for Medicaid, Medicare, You know. Welfare child tax credits, employer credits, all sorts of stuff like that. Spending their time doing that instead of looking for another job and just living their life in the meantime. So you know, this is another thing with the taxes that I see too. We have Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security retirement and disability. They take money from us and say, well, you might need this in retirement. Well, I would get rid of that completely as well. We would just help the people in retirement that need it. Everyone doesn't need social security, so why would we take money from everybody and then give it to everybody later? Why wouldn't we only help the people that actually need it? You go, "Oh, you've you know given 40 years of your life to, you know, a company and you still need help." Okay, you can join up on our welfare program. Everybody doesn't need to just get social security. We can save our own money, and I believe in the K through twelve, you know, school system. That should be plenty of time to teach us all about how finances work. Teach us how to balance a budget. Show show us how much you can actually save with you know a fifteen dollar an hour job, twenty dollar an hour job, uh, you know a sixty thousand dollar a year salary, whatever it is. And everyone will understand what these are and how to balance their budget, but they don't teach us any of this. I mean, there should be a class starting in like third grade and you have it every single year all the way through 12th grade. I believe that that would help the economy much more than, you know, pumping money into welfare programs or trying to give people, you know, free college or anything like that. So my main points here is to condense the welfare programs, stop all this wasteful spending from having, you know, 20 different um, welfare departments and organizations that have all these different people. They're just spending their time vetting people, trying to stop scammers, you know, from getting money out of their system when they could have one department and they'd only have to vet you one time. There would be less people that are able to get through scamming because they would only have to vet, you know, each person one time, we'd be able to have more people vetting the people and understanding how it works and what qualifies you. If nothing qualified you and you just get it for a certain amount of time, you couldn't scam it because everybody deserves it and everybody can use it, you know, if they need to. So I believe that condensing these systems into one system federally and then at the state level, you know, each state can have their own program as well, but they don't need to have, like I said, you know, 10 different programs for every different thing. They don't need a car program and a cell phone program and a food program. You can just have a program for people who need help because people don't need a cell phone. People don't need food. They don't need a house. They need money. Money buys all of these things. Money is the universal thing that we use to trade for resources. They're not missing a house. They're missing money, and they need to learn how to use the money to get the house. Okay, so our government, they don't believe that you can understand how to balance your budget and figure out how much you could use for housing and how much to use for food and all of these different, you know, things. So they want to divide it up to make it really simple. Here's how much you get for food. Here's how much you get for a house. You'll never be able to figure it out. So we'll divide it up for you and we'll use your tax dollars, you know, not sparingly, just pretending we have an abundance of them to vet you and make sure you're doing it right. Instead of all of our tax dollars being used, you know, in unison to have one program where you actually get money and they show you how to use it. So, the The main thing, you know, if if people are going to say, well, people still aren't going to learn how to use it. Okay, then make it a requirement of the program that you have to attend classes, you know, once a week or something to balance your budget and figure this out. Who doesn't want to understand how to use their money? So most people, are very scared of finance and they're, you know, terrified that they're not using their money correctly. So they don't even want to check their bank. They don't want to make a budget because they're terrified that they're doing it wrong. And obviously that just hurts them more because then you actually don't know what's going on. You don't know how bad your finances or how good they are. You just go based off of, you know, your gut instinct. Well, I have some money in the bank. I guess I'll spend it or I have a little bit of money. I guess I'll save it. You know, people need to learn how to use a budget, but that could be part of the welfare program as well. Hey, here's our job. We're going to show you how to use this money best so that when you do get your own job and your own money's coming in, you'll be able to manage it so that you don't need to get on this welfare anymore, so that you don't even need to use the rest of your welfare. You'll be doing so well, you won't have to get on welfare. That should be the goal of welfare it shouldn't be to sit on, you know, a housing allowance forever on Section 8 housing or to be on Medicaid or Medicare for eternity. And of course, people are going to have different views about, you know, healthcare and what we should have because some people think we should have universal, you know, Medicare or whatever. And if we end up doing that, okay, I'll probably only benefit from that. I don't go to the doctor very often, but it does cost me money when I do go. So, you know, that might benefit me depending on if they have to raise taxes for it or not. We already pay so much taxes, they should be able to include it if that's what they're going to do. I'm for uh, the government taxing us less and having less control over basically any industry um, in our country. So, um you know, that's mostly of what I have to say on, on welfare and like how there's so many different programs and how if we just condensed them, there would be literally more money for each person that's in the program because they don't have to apply for all these different things and it would take less time as well. So basically, that's what I think about it for the, you know, federal level and the state level. And then... Localities, they can do whatever they want with their money, so you know, like I live in a small township, White Lake township in Michigan, so you know they have a lot more power here, and they should have more power because mm-hmm. it's the local community so if if we're against the board, you know, I actually have some power. I can go directly to the board me taking a trip to washington d c that's I can't do that all the time. I can't take a trip to Lansing every day, it is only you know. An hour and fifteen minutes away from me, so I can go to Lansing. But you know, White Lake—they're—they're they're five minutes away. I go complain to them every day if I want to. You know, I was just in their building putting up an ad uh, at the White Lake Township off- office to you know hire people. So I could go complain to them. I can go and meet those people. They can only lie to me about what they're doing so much. You know, so I believe that they should have more power. And if localities want to try and help out people. You know, in their uh, you know constituent base, that's that's up to them. You know, if if I'm against it, I can go to the board meetings and I can vote in my own uh, locality here, on the state and the federal level. It's so large and so far away from us. You know, I want them to have as little power as possible, and that's also why I think that if we had one welfare organization, it would just be so much simpler, people. It would be simpler for people to get money. It would be simpler for us to watch what these organizations are doing. It would be harder for people to scam these organizations because they only have you know one opportunity. They can't go and try and get food stamps for something and then a housing allowance, and then get on Medicaid and then get disability and then get unemployment, get some kind of different welfare, child tax credits, you know' like they can't go to 20 different places and just get denied. Because it's not like if you go and you apply and you get denied, you get arrested. You just get denied. You can go apply again. You can go apply at these different organizations. So I also, like I said, I mean, I think that we should all get access to it. And that would be more fair for everybody, not just for the people with the lowest incomes. Because people with higher incomes can mess up as well. So you know, plenty of people with $100,000 a year income, they make a lot more money, but they're living paycheck to paycheck as well. You know, when they say 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, they're not talking about people who only make $20,000 a year or $40,000 a year. These are people who make 50, 60, 70, even $100,000 a year. Um, you know, even more than that, too. Some people make more than that and they still live paycheck to paycheck because they just can't manage spending. They don't understand how to manage spending. So, you know, that's why, like this welfare program, you know, it could come with an education source too attached to it or an education requirement. So, with all that, that's basically all I have for you today on, uh, you know, what I think about the welfare programs. Like I said at the beginning, you know, we're on Instagram at underscore vote, underscore your, underscore conscience, underscore. And, you know, I'd love to discuss this topic with any of you and leave us a review uh, on any of your podcasting platforms to uh, let us know what you think about the episode. That's what I'm going to leave you with today. No matter what your opinion is on this topic of, you know, welfare, social programs, whether we should have them or not, whether we should increase them, have more, you know, I just want you to know I want what's best for everybody in this country. I want what's best for my family and my friends and my community. And this is one of the main things that, you know, I'm trying to promote on this podcast is that I know other people in the community. They want what's best for themselves and their friends too. So, you know, I want us to stop being so divided about all these topics. If we're going to have a discussion, you know, let's discuss them, not... Let's attack the actual individuals just for having a different opinion or idea. So I'll leave you like always, you know, when you're out there having political discussions, just try to have some compassion. Try to understand where that person is coming from instead of just jumping to that they're demons or that they're evil or that they want an authoritarian dictatorship over you. Most average people in this country don't want any of those things They want what's best for everybody in the country, and they just have a different opinion on how to get there. So that's all I have for you today. Just remember when you're out there making decisions with your money, with your votes, and in your own life, just remember to always vote your conscience.